Badlands, run into Badlands, explain those Badlands. That's a hell of a name. Undercover as a woman to find out what they go through every day. I discovered that women are called faggot a lot. Good morning. Welcome to the brief on Badlands Media. I'm your host, Patrick Gunnels, joined by my co host, Ash in America, who very well. Ah, there. Now you're unmuted. All right. Sorry How are you doing, Ash? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, this is, I'm so excited about this brief. The news this weekend was insane. And, uh, I, I watched CPH Saturday night. I got your, uh, immediate reaction to the fake moon landing. And I, I don't mean the fake moon landing from the sixties. I mean, the one from over the weekend, the most recent fake moon Can't landing. Wait. Can't wait till we get to that story. Yeah. Uh, so I tweeted out that I don't think people who think the moon landing is real should be allowed to have driver's licenses. And <laughs> I, I got very little pushback. Uh, we're, we're starting to see the, the, uh, the late boomers and by late boomers, I mean, people who are like 62, mm. uh, they're starting to say, you know, something I'm not so sure about this whole moon landing thing. And I won't name the boomers, but uh, it is nice to see because uh, culturally speaking, the boom generation is most connected to the moon landing spiritually, mm. uh, uh, emotionally. And then as it goes, I, you know, there's a, I'll tell you something. I won't even name the person who said this to me, but this was maybe two years ago. And they said, listen to me very carefully. This is a boomer. You're not going to convince me that the moon landing was fake. I believe in the moon landing almost the way I believe in God. And this was a very strange admission that didn't feel like an admission to this particular boomer. Uh, and my immediate reaction was just shock. I was like, oh, my God, that is really effed up. But uh, yeah. I think that even when that spell gets broken, because Tavistock, guys, Tavistock was a really, really big deal. A, a mind control institute with the power over media psychologists who say, all right, if we could just get the right stuff in front of people, we can control the minds of millions and millions of people. Things like the moon landing, the Kennedy assassination, 9-11. 9-11. Yeah, these are Tavistock type events. If you can break them, you can liberate minds. The movie The Matrix was a friggin' documentary. All right. So. I, I, lo I love that take. Um, yeah, I, I was thinking about that yesterday, actually, how we like each generation has their that that event that happened where everybody remembers where they were. And, you know, it's it, it, it irreparably changed the world. For me, that was 9-11. I was in college when 9-11 happened. Likewise. I um, I was in the dorm. I had to move back into the dorm my senior year. And uh, I had a um, an Asian roommate who didn't really speak great English. And she had been at class that morning in 9-11. She walked in and handed me a piece of paper. And it was like a little strip of paper. She woke me up. I was sleeping, obviously. I was probably partying the night before. But uh, she wakes me up and hands me this piece of paper. And it's like... Two planes are, I think it was, at the, I think the paper said one plane, like a plane has flown into the World Trade Center, um, you know, and they'd given the ESL students this paper, which was, to me, thinking back to that is so weird. 
Right. It's so it's so weird. But that happened. I mean, I was woken up by my Asian roommate. She handed me a piece of paper that says by Asian. By Asian. Do you mean oriental? I'm sure she was Japanese. No, I don't. That's food and rugs. Um, I think that no, uh, it's East Asia, the Orient. That's where they're from. It's a perfectly good word. We don't have to be <laughs> like this. All right, please continue. Okay. Anyway, I, I, I'm pretty sure that she was Japanese. Um, but it was, it was weird that that was how that happened. Right. Like that they went to class, the people that don't, you know, the Asian people that don't, I don't know if they were all Asian in the ESL class. I didn't go to the ESL class, but she was mm -hmm. Asian and she was in the ESL class. She came home with a piece of paper back to the dorm with a piece of paper that said that the world trade centers had been attacked. And I didn't believe her, you know? So I turned oh, wow. on my little TV, which my TV was, you know, it's one of those box TVs. Remember those? Uh, I do. Um, yeah. And so and does it, our I, audience. And I turned and I turned it on and it was, you know, shocking, uh, horrifying. It's my fiance at the time, who's now my husband, um, he, li he, he lived on, on uh, Long Island. He lived Oof. in Vail at the time, but his family was on Long Island. We couldn't get through to them all day. His father worked in the city. Uh, you know, he was Long Island Railroad. So he went in and out of the city all the time. Um, it was absolutely horrifying. I remember so many details of that day and I'm really fucking pissed. Excuse my mm -hmm. language. Sorry. I know it's early, but I'm really mad that now knowing what we know about 9-11, that we were so many, I was a flag-waving Bush supporter for years because of what of they did to us on 9-11, and I'm pissed about it. I feel violated because of my support for the wars. Yeah, me too. Uh, I don't really, I, I feel like I need to atone for that. Yeah. And, and it's, it's, a hard, it's a hard feeling to get used to, but... What we need to understand is that the so-called liberals in our government who were pretending to be against the war were just playing roles. Mm -hmm. And if things had been reversed, you and I could have been the anti-war people and the liberals could have been the, the people getting fucking Raytheon tattoos. I, I mean, it would have been like psychotic, yeah. just like, like freaking trannies getting Pfizer tattoos during 2021. Well, there's no question. There's no question. Cause look right now, who are the warmongering people right now? It's so, yeah, it's so freakish. And I, I please share this audience, share this with a liberal friend. I don't mean like a hardcore freakish leftist friend. There are liberals out there, regular people who are anti-war anti-big corporations, anti-poison in our food. We're on the same side now, and a lot of them don't know it yet. So let's uh, let's see if we can spread that word. Furthermore, smash that thumbs up if you can. Yeah. Just one more point on that. Um, some, I forget with, who posted the meme, but I, I uh, started writing a long thing in it, and then I think I got sidetracked. I don't think I actually posted it. But it was like um, in, you know, in 10, 15 years – leftists are going to say the party switched. No, we didn't want masking and vaccine. That was the party switched. And I think about the whole party switch thing a lot because I, my best friend is a leftist and, and she fully believes that the, that the Democrats were not the racist party, that the party switched. And she believes this because her father told her, and I'm sure her father believes it because his father told him. These right? are white people. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Italians. Yeah. 
super white. Okay. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't consider Italians to be white, but please continue. So she is the product of an Italian father and an Irish mother. So she's Italian, but she's uh, okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, her dad, like, her dad yeah. doesn't, doesn't half really Italian, half Irish equals probably punch me in the face at some point. <laughs> well, you know, there have been arguments uh, yeah. where where it's come, but um, but I think about that party switch thing, and and here's how it works, guys. It's a uniparty. Yeah, <laughs> the establishment protects itself, and whatever narrative they're pushing out, whether it's you know we're in the the 19th century and we're talking about slavery, or we're in the um, 1960s and we're talking about you know Jim Crow and overcoming the systemic racism with all of the Democrats voting against the Civil Rights Act, we're, we're, whether we're talking about, you know, who, who was pro, everybody was pro weapons of mass destruction need to be taken out. They were all for it. They Me all too. voted for it. Oh, same. Yeah. But I'm talking I about the so people stupid. that make the decisions. I know. The, the people who say the parties switch, right? Democrat. Now, now that most people believe that Democrats don't, weren't for the war in Iraq. The hell they weren't. The, the, the main, the main, well, the mainstream Democrats were for the war in Iraq. After 9-11, you had one vote against bombing the shit out of Afghanistan, and that was Barbara Lee. She'd be interesting to look into now. Yeah. Uh, there's also a gentleman, short gentleman with a hot redhead wife named Dennis Kucinich. So I considered him to be beyond the pale leftist scum. Now I'd like to learn more about Dennis Kucinich because he was one of the brave ones. Isn't he the one that said that John McCain was put to death? Nope. That was John Kasich. Oh, Kasich. Okay. And John Kasich is. All white guys look alike. Pretty sure, pretty sure he's filth. Uh, but Dennis Kucinich would be another example of somebody I'd be interested in talking to. Uh, doc, Dr. Jill Stein. These, like, real liberals. The principled ones. I think those are people that we can come together with. Because we may disagree on some fundamental things about economics, about government regulation. But we're also not in league with worldwide organized crime. Just a thought. Yeah. Brass Burns one says Dems wanted slavery. Literally, our history is easy to understand if you take a quick, quick, brief minute to research stuff. So, um, you know, usually wherever you whatever state you're in, that's where you that's the history you learn in elementary school and, and growing up. I grew up in Georgia. So I understand the history of racism I uh, and slavery. I, I learned it my, my whole life. Um, and, you know, I'm actually. Uh, actually calling on some of that to dispute the legal expert in my in my case. I understand. Um, if you go back to uh, to the time period of slavery, it was a very complicated issue that was not divided across party lines. It was uh, there, there were some things that were geographic about it. There were some things that were um, class related about it. And it was not a straight political issue at the time of slavery. It was a way of life issue. And uh, that's and I'm not endorsing slavery. That there was anything. Still, whenever you have yeah. currency that can be printed by the elites in enormous numbers, we're all slaves. And that's a very hard thing to say in front of people who are triggered 
by the idea of black people picking cotton on a plantation. Mm. That's just one form of slavery. There are lots of different forms of slavery and some slaves are happier than others. And here's another thing. <laughs> you can be a slave and live a perfectly fulfilling life as a whole bunch of people do today. Yeah. The, the trick is how much do you obey the, do you obey the laws of God? And that mitigates your status as a slave. All right. So anyway, we've gotten our. We we really should get to the actual. Yeah, I suppose we should. I suppose we should. Let's get to our first sponsor, if we can, and that would be Gold Co. And I'll go ahead and uh, knock that out. Ah, are you concerned? About the $6 trillion at stake in the upcoming 2024 election, the Wall Street Journal has reported a critical issue, the looming decision on extending tax cuts scheduled to expire after 2025. Republicans advocate for extending Trump's tax cuts, while the Democrats lean towards letting them expire and increasing taxes on top earners and corporations, potentially creating a massive $6 trillion gap. But fear not. There's a way to protect yourself from this impending threat. Join the thousands of hardworking Americans who are taking proactive steps to safeguard their savings. Visit BadlandsGold.com to claim your free 2024 gold and silver kit and fortify everything you've worked for. You may even qualify for up to 10% back in bonus silver, but hurry, supplies are limited. Don't leave your financial future to chance and act now to diversify and shield your savings against the uncertainties ahead. Get your free 2024 gold and silver kit today at BadlandsGold.com and take control of your financial destiny. Hey, I knocked it out before the end of the video this time. You have yeah. to read it really fast to be able to finish Great it. Great job. Thank you so much. Hey, everybody, right. smash thumb, please. Smash Hit the thumb. thumbs up. Hit it hard. Pretend you're Ike Turner. Okay. Badlands.substack.com. The brief, Badlands News Brief, produced five times a week by the indefatigable Burning Bright. Haley sucks. Biden dips. And the CIA does PR. First story. Trump wins South Carolina easily, beating Haley in her home state and closing in on GOP nomination. Donald Trump won South Carolina's Republican primary on Saturday, easily beating former UN Ambassador Nikki Haley in her home state and further consolidating his path to a third straight GOP nomination. Trump has now swept every contest that counted for Republican delegates, adding to previous wins in Iowa, New Hampshire, Nevada, and the U.S. Virgin Islands. Haley is facing growing pressure to leave the race, but says she's not going anywhere, despite losing the state where she was governor from 2011 to 2017. A 2020 rematch between Trump and President Joe Biden is becoming increasingly inevitable. Haley has vowed to stay in the race through at least the batch of primaries on March 5th, known as Super Tuesday, but was unable to dent Trump's momentum in her home state, despite holding far more campaign events and arguing that the indictments against Trump will hamstring him against Biden. The Associated Press declared Trump the winner as polls closed statewide at 7 p.m. That race call was based on an analysis of AP VoteCast, a comprehensive survey of Republican South Carolina primary voters. The survey confirmed the findings of pre-election day polls showing Trump far outpacing Haley statewide. AP News. I'm going to start by saying I think Haley is part of a white hat op. I think she's part of an op. I don't know if it's white hat. Um, so she's staying in. This is such a weird election cycle. Like, there's no reason Biden should still be in this race, right? He's been tanking for a year now in in the race and um the even the the left is like why <laughs> why why can't we replace this guy i think they're going to replace him at the convention 
um because they've been okay. they've really been pushing the the vote uncommitted or or not committed or any other delegate thing and um becky uh out here in colorado she's a member of the badlands audience she's been researching that to see which states have the vote uncommitted or no other candidate on their democrat primary ballot and it's like most of them i think she found one that doesn't um so they're pushing that and i think that's a data point when you can go through all the primaries and show a bulk of people mm -hmm. that are saying some other candidate other than biden and you know definitely not rfk because he's not on the ballot he's running independent um i think that that is going to give them a solid data point at the convention to be able to replace biden but when it comes to Nikki Haley, she, oh, she's insufferable. She's just the worst. She's, she is out there. She tweeted last night. I know I, I was an accountant. I know 40% isn't 50%, but 40% is a lot. People really want me to run. Who? Who's out there? Is that, she lost the Koch brothers yesterday. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, let me pull it up. Yeah. Um, so who is out there saying, Nikki, you really got to stay in this race. I think it's an, op. I, I think there is a, there is a, a part of this op that relies upon her staying in the race. Again, I'm not committed to whether she's white hat or black hat. I'm committed and, and I'm, and I'm committed because it costs me literally nothing to be wrong. I am a dude who runs his mouth, but her behavior is so far outside of whatever could be described as rational in their political model, and by their, I mean their in brackets, them, the bad guys. I think she's being, I think that you had a think tank session between Trump and his people that said, what produces the strongest possible nominee? And maybe they determined that the strongest nominee was produced when the winner has a foil whom he beats like a redheaded stepchild in every single primary. Yeah. I mean, there's another, there, there's another possibility and that is humiliation ritual for her. This is very humiliating. And we have to remember that in the Trump administration at the time that I believe, and I think a lot of people believe he was catching them all right? The, yeah, the deep yeah. state catching them all. Uh -huh. She was the UN ambassador. Now yes. maybe she was in there to help him catch them, or maybe she was one of the people being caught. She is being used in a way that makes her politically radioactive forever. Mm -hmm. And her activities are beneficial, in my opinion, for Trump. I think the same can be said of Rob, the booger Rob DeSantis. That's, uh, your, that's your future VP. Mr. Not Reynolds. a chance. Not Show a chance. Zero. I will... <laughs> if he if he's the nominee for VP, I will eat my own dick right here on the show. Clip it, audience. Clip it. Hold it. Where the, the future special event coverage coming? <laughs> not a friggin' <laughs> chance. I just want to put that to rest right now. It will not be Booger Rob. I do think it will be Mike Pence. Yeah, that's the that's a popular devolution theory is that Mike Pence is going to be the uh, but if you watch what's happening with Ron DeSantis, he's almost disappeared, right? Except he's not disappeared. He's out there campaigning for Trump on the campaign trail. He was in South Carolina there. He's just not in the fiery headlines anymore because they're giving him a period where people can forget. And then they're going to unite the party by bringing Trump and DeSantis together. Holy shit. If you were right about that. I, I called this I called this the day. 
uh, after he dropped out of the race. It cannot by the way. be. It cannot and be. And everybody it, tells me I'm crazy. And I, I could. So, I'm just guessing. I could tell so you wrong, vile. But. He's so disgusting, and he's short. Yeah, but his wife is pretty. His, she's hot. <laughs> it's true. But yeah. you know, his wife is obviously very pretty. His wife is profoundly unlikable. Have you have yeah. you seen Rihanna Dilly, uh, Randy Savage, uh, Brendan Dilly's wife, huh. doing his her impersonation? Oh yes, yes. my God, that was good. Spot on. Yeah, oh. she's she's great. She does. DeSantis's wife um, comes across to me, and I don't. You know, she's a she's a mother. I think she's a cancer survivor or something. But the way that she presents, mm -hmm. right, the way that she comes off is as an elitist snob. She she a hundred percent wants the plane, wants the White House, wants to pick the curtains, wants to wear the dresses, wants to wear a freaking tiara. Like that's how she presents to the American people. In my um, the trick, opinion. the trick, if you want all those things, is not to seem like it. Yeah, because I want well, it's, those things. It's very the tiara. Uh, it's very nouveau riche to see. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's repellent. It is repellent. Nouveau riche is gross to both the. Uh, Vieille, riche, and Poor the people. regular peasants like us. Yeah. All right. Well, let's yeah, because it's story. desperate and gross, and you're a poser. You don't belong. Stop pretending like you do. Exactly. Next one Biden's job approval edges down to 38%. Americans' approval of President Joe Biden's job performance has edged down three percentage points to 38%, just one point shy of his all-time low and well below the 50% threshold that has typically led to re-election for incumbents. In addition, Biden registers subpar approval ratings for his handling of five key issues facing the U.S., including a new low of 28% for immigration and readings ranging from 30 to 40% for the situation in the Middle East between Israel and Hamas, foreign affairs, the economy, and the situation in Ukraine. Biden's approval rating has not risen above 44% since August 2021, and his 39.8% average rating for his third year in office was the second worst rating among post-World War II presidents elected to their first term, Gallup. No universe. Wowzers. There is no universe in which his uh, approval rating is that high. Thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, but his approval rating among people with landlines is apparently that high. <laughs> so make uh, what and you we're will back to of boomers. that. I didn't say boomers. There are uh, they have to they have to weight their groups, which means they have to determine okay, what percentage of the voting public are Gen Z? What percentage millennial? What percentage Gen X? What percentage boomer? What percentage silent? And then. You have to say, okay, what percentage are white, black, Hispanic, etc.? And then they have to say, okay, what percentage are gay, straight, blah, blah, blah. And they try to take their sample and then weight it to match what they think America is. It's a very mm. inorganic process. Mm. And what they don't norm for is what percentage of the population has a freaking landline? Because the majority of these interviews are done over landlines. I don't see how that's not a confounding variable. I think, I think you're right. I don't think people with landlines are representative, which is what you're getting at, right? Like is, that, yeah. that your, your sample is, is problematic to begin with because it's a, a subset of people who are clinging Weird. to old technology. Yes. Clinging 
like barnacles. All right, next. Not only are they do they have landlines, they pick up the landline when they don't know who it is. Yes, sociopath behavior. <laughs> next, the spy war. How the CIA secretly helps Ukraine fight Putin. All right, I bet you this is a really big mainstream media. Yep, it's the New York Times. Now entering the third year of a war that has claimed hundreds of thousands of lives, the intelligence partnership between Washington and Kiev is a linchpin of Ukraine's ability to defend itself. The CIA and other American intelligence agencies provide intelligence for targeted missile strikes, track Russian troop movements, and help support spy networks. But the partnership is no wartime creation, nor is Ukraine the only beneficiary. It took root a decade ago, coming together in fits and starts, under three very different U.S. presidents, pushed forward by key individuals who often took daring risks. It has transformed Ukraine, whose intelligence agencies were long seen as thoroughly compromised by Russia, into one of Washington's most important intelligence partners against the Kremlin today, the New York Times. And, and this one, okay, I'll read the headline, we'll figure out who it's from. What the Pentagon has learned from two years of war in Ukraine. Oh, I'm going to uh, go with uh, CNN or AP. Washington Post. Very close. All right. I got to I have a. Uh, hi, a Clara. Person. Clara, you have to say hi to all the people at that green light and you have to go back and see mommy. Okay. Okay. Say, say hello. 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 Okay, hi, Peanut. I love you. Bye. All right. She, she, when she escapes from mommy uh, <laughs> is uh, is when she comes up here. All right. See? Excellent. I love Very, it. I think she just likes to say hi. She's got her hair all pulled back, looking, looking fan. Oh, <laughs> so this is my wedding ring. So sometimes when I shave or wash my hands, I take off my wedding ring. Clara brought it up to me. Mom sent her. But what, what mommy didn't realize was that I have my wedding ring that I wear at my desk sometimes. And I have my, I have multiple wedding rings and they're all really cheap because I know damn well that I'm going to lose them. So, are you sure that that she's the girl in the relationship? <laughs> <laughs> I have multi I have my desk wedding ring, I have my daytime wedding ring, I have my evening wedding ring. The funny thing is, Ashley got me this Lord of the Rings, the one ring. Oh nice. Like if you look at it, it's got the writing of the original language of Mordor on it. <laughs> One ring to rule them all, one ring to of find them, one ring to ring. bring them all, and in the darkness, find them. And uh, I just love it when I get to show the ring to people, and mm. they say, there's some kind of writing on here, I can't read it. And I get to say, as Gandalf did to Frodo, there are few who can. Anyway. <laughs> did you see, um, I put this in the in our private Badlands chat, the Tucker Carlson reading Nor Lord of the Rings? No, I didn't see it. I don't. Okay, well, we got to rush through the brief so we can play it at the end because it's freaking amazing. All right. The next one is from the Washington Post. What the Pentagon has learned from two years of war in Ukraine. The U.S. military is undertaking an expansive revision of its approach to war fighting, having largely abandoned the counterinsurgency playbook that was a hallmark of combat in Iran and, sorry, Iraq and Afghanistan to focus instead on preparing for an even larger conflict with more sophisticated adversaries such as Russia or China. 
what's transpired in Ukraine, where this week the war enters its third year with hundreds of thousands dead or wounded on both sides and still no end in sight, has made clear to the Pentagon that battlefield calculations have fundamentally changed in the years since it last deployed forces in large numbers, precision weapons, fleets of drones, and digital surveillance can reach far beyond the front lines, posing grave risk to personnel wherever they are. The war remains an active and bountiful research opportunity for American military planners as they look to the future, officials say. A classified year-long study on the lessons learned from both sides of the bloody campaign will help inform the next national defense strategy, a sweeping document that aligns the Pentagon's myriad priorities. The 20 officers who led the project examined five areas, ground maneuver, air power, information warfare, sustaining and growing forces, and long-range fire capability. The Washington Post. My take is anything that the New York Times and Washington Post say is scumbag propaganda and it's all lies every last word no truth can be gleaned i think that's fair um i want to just share one more data point this uh, i saw that this this morning i think it probably broke over the weekend um but it's it's related ezra cohen has uh this this morning he shared this interesting article about mckinsey's work with the intelligence community simultaneously they were aiding the enemy in beijing this is a political article spies fear a consulting firm helped hobble u.s intelligence and this is already moving into uh action with the legislature now there are lawmakers i think it's being led by rubio um calling to ban mckinsey from u.s government contracts and this is something so we talk on uh you and i have even talked about this on culture of change when you came on and we did the the global you know futuristic um technologies i was on culture of change yeah we did the the beijing um with summer davos in beijing and all of their future tech you don't remember that I don't remember anything. That it was a really, it was a really good show. They had, uh, it was there was lots of technologies that you um, had great reactions to. I encourage everybody to go back and watch it. Um, but we talk about McKinsey all the time because McKinsey is the world strategy firm. They are the McK every project, not every, most of the projects that are that that come down through organizations that consultants pick up and teams work on. If you've been on a, a um, you know, a people related project and, and all of a sudden your, your job, you know, there's massive reductions in force happening at your company. If all of a sudden you're moving on to this new technology stack, it's pretty likely you can tie that chain. If you go back, if you go up the chain to the top of the organization, you can tie it to a McKinsey strategy project. What we talk about on culture of change every week is that process and the network of disseminating all of that globalist bullshit down into every industry and every sector and every geography in the world. And now we're finding out that McKinsey, uh, according to intelligence community officials, and now legislators are going to try doing something about it. They've actually been, been working both sides. This is why Booz Allen Hamilton had to spin, spin off Booz and Company. They sold it to PwC and it became strategy and um, I worked on that project, by the way. Uh, but it's because Booz Allen Hamilton is a defense is is the you know I mean essentially the sole contractor for the Department of Defense. Um, but they are they're doing all of the government stuff. You can't have a private focused strategy firm that is you know that that has that much gray area between our critical government contracts and government work and security clearances and all of that. They actually split the businesses and sold off the private sector business, obviously, because the public sector business is much more profitable. Yeah. Those Department of Defense contracts are amazing. Um, yeah. But McKinsey never did that. McK McKinsey is the world strategy firm and they serve the governments and they serve the private companies and they're driving the agenda of the WEF. Wow.
We've got a super chat. That would be from Quilting Queen, $17, $17. My 93-year-old dad, silent generation, recently deceased, always questioned the moon landing. He red-pilled my entire childhood, including the JFK and Lincoln assassinations. By the way, Ash looks especially beautiful today. Yeah, you do look good today. Did you do something different with your hair? I parted it on the other side. Ha, maybe, interesting. Maybe I'll do I, I was in the looking in the mirror and it was already parted that way. And I was like, all right, we'll go with it. We'll just brush it down it. the way. <laughs> that's a, and, that's uh, a very yeah. you reason to, to do that. Okay. So I <laughs> uh, just want to make sure I'm not missing any other super chats. And uh, about so much queen. about red pilling old uh, red pill people who are old doing the red pilling of the younger. My red pillar in chief was my father, a boomer. Uh, and he red pilled me on the AIDS virus. He red pilled me on the JFK assassination. Uh, he red pilled me on currency. Uh, he red pilled me on a lot of stuff. He was a, he was an old school conspiracy, conspiracy theorist. He didn't know that the earth was flat and I it probably would have traumatized him, uh, to learn it, but you know, what are you going to do? All right, next story. Soon everyone will know, Patrick. Exactly. Help, you know what? Let's go ahead and do uh, Loaded Gun Coffee. All right. Do you have the collateral sure for that? I sure do. I sure do. All right. Wake up to the bold flavors of Loaded Gun Coffee. It's in my cup right now, where passion, precision, and patriotism infuse every sip. As a veteran-owned business, we ensure each cup is steeped in pride and unwavering commitment. Our roasters handpick the finest coffee beans from around the world and have mastered unique brewing methods. Our skilled farmers cultivate the coffee to embody the essence of duty and honor in every meticulously crafted blend. But it's more than just coffee. It's a family's enduring commitment to freedom with military veterans tracing their legacy back to the Civil War, including Purple Heart recipients. Loaded Gun Coffee is a brewed testament of pride and honor. Dedicated to preserving the integrity and strength of our beloved nation, we proudly stand as fierce advocates for a secure border and a strong America, and we stay loaded. Stay loaded, Badlanders, with Loaded Gun Coffee. Visit badlandsmedia.tv slash loaded. Enter promo code BADLANDS for 10% off your purchase. That's badlandsmedia.tv slash loaded, promo code BADLANDS. And I will say um, the black powder coffee it's their strongest blend and it is it, it it's amazing i'm it's 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 in my cup right now i need to try that because starbucks is trash uh and yes, I, I i don't mean they're trash because they're a mean nasty globalist corporation which they are but they're also trash because their coffee doesn't do it for me the way vietnamese coffee does it and none of the vietnamese oh, no coffee, coffee shops no coffee does it the way Vietnamese coffee does it, except what? loaded Freaking gun. Right? Coffee. Okay, so except loaded gun coffee. Where where I live, the Vietnamese coffee shops don't open till ten, so they're not of much oh. use to me unless I'm, you know, yeah. unless I'm at the nail salon and they'll serve it to me there. But I, I just I need coffee at six thirty in the morning. And I can't get Vietnam coffee at six thirty in the morning. So if loaded gun can freaking, you know, meth me up uh first thing in the morning, Black that would powder. be nice. Black yeah, the, powder. that's that's the one I I will be buying. My husband loves it. Um, and, and I'm not a coffee snob. I I love coffee. I will drink, co I will drink cold coffee. I will it's drink. Like my sister Rebecca, you know, she calls herself a coffee hobo. She's got like uh, she's got this she's got this six hundred dollar espresso machine at her house. Uh, it was a wedding gift, and but at my mother's house, 
if the coffee is day old and cold, she will take it in a cup. No problem. She is a coffee hobo. Yeah, I'm that way too. But I am telling you, the black powder coffee from uh, from my, my husband is not that way. He needs the the cup hot. He needs it strong. He need, he wants it at the moment that he wants it, and he absolutely uh, loves the black powder um, loaded gun coffee. It it really is good, you guys. You should check it out. Smash that thumbs up, guys. Thank you so much. Helps when you do that. All right, next story. New cell phone records prove D.A. Willis affair. The lawyers for President Trump have special prosecutor Nathan Wade's cell phone records, and it's bad for Fulton County District Attorney Fatty Willis. The official story from the Fulton County D.A. and her former lover, Nathan Wade, made through Sworn filings and sworn testimony was that their personal relationship started in 2022. In February, in a February 2nd, 2022 filing, D.A. Willis submitted Wade's affidavit to the court, which stated in 2022, District Attorney Willis and I developed a personal relationship. D.A. Willis and Wade both testified that the relationship started sometime in early 2022. But Wade's cell phone records disproved their official story. In a filing this morning from President Trump's attorneys, records indicate that the relationship between D.A. Willis and Wade was romantic well before Wade's November 1st, 2021 appointment by Willis as special prosecutor. Trump's attorneys were able to obtain by subpoena to AT&T Wade's cell phone records from January 1st, 2021 through November 30th, 2021. Wade's location data was analyzed by an investigator hired by the attorneys, an analytical tool which generated geolocation data that pinpointed Wade's presence at DA Willis's South Fulton condo during that time period. Technofog. Uh, fatty is corrupt, but we've known that. I don't know what else to say. Judy, Judy French says spank that lion, Fanny. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So what's going on with Fanny? So this should be a big week. We have, uh, the judge is supposed to decide on whether Mr. Bradley can come back. Mr. Bradley, of course, is Nathan Wade's business partner and his lawyer in his, um, divorce case. And they, the Fanny Willis side of this equation attempted to limit everything he was able to say because of legal privilege. It then uh, came out that, that they then realized that they had to impeach him because text messages and whatever he had to say in those text messages um, was so devastating to their case that they had to impeach the witness that, you know, they had, had been kind of the, the one guy holding up their narrative they had to impeach him, so they, you know, said that he was a, a sexual abuser and all this kind of stuff. The judge is still reviewing the text messages. The judge um, on, on Friday, as this article says, President Trump's uh, attorneys submitted the cell phone data from Nathan Wade into court, and that cell phone data proves that what they said was a lie. Well, it proves that his location information was a lie. Now, Nathan Wade also said that he went out to that area to go to the Porsche experience and there were some good restaurants there. Um, and he had to be in sterile environments, which, you know, the restaurants like Mellow Mushroom and the, and the Porsche experience totally, um, you know, meet the, 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 the bar of being sterile environments. When asked about that, uh, by the way, you know, do you consider Mellow Mushroom to be a sterile environment? Oh, absolutely. We were told by the witnesses. Um, and so that that's all. So all so those those cell phone data has been filed with the court. Now, he was previously asked about the cell phone data and he was and, and he said the cell phone data is lying if it says that I was there. I, I don't that's, think that I don't think wait, that's a thing, but that's wait, his testimony. Hey, way to stick to your story, bro. He really is. So we are awaiting the judge to decide if Mr. Bradley can come back and be cross-examined, then there should be summations. And then at some point in the future, um, the judge will rule. It is 
so good. <laughs> and the fact that this cell phone data proves what they were saying is not exactly entirely true. Um, that's that's perjury, which is a big deal for anybody on the stand. You have to imagine it's a bigger deal for the chief prosecutor in the county yeah, uh, to perjure herself on the stand. The final thing I will say on this is that I don't think he is her former lover. They went to great lengths during testimony to, to say that they are still very good, very close, very intimate friends now. They're just not having sex. Very well, then. All right, next story. Do, do, do. Once valued at seven at 5.7 billion, Vice Media stops publishing and nothing of value was lost. People are enjoying the demise of Vice Media, with many of them pointing out that literally nothing of value was lost. Chief Executive Bruce Dixon said, it is no longer cost effective for us to distribute our digital content the way we have done previously. The once supposedly edgy media outlet has been ridiculed for years for allowing its output to descend into the most utterly demented, vulgar, and degenerate far-left content. Respondents on X exploded with joy. However, will we cope without su however will we cope without such stories as how I rediscovered sexual liberation through fisting? how to eat out a non-op trans woman, and most child sex abusers are not pedophiles, expert says. I think this modernity news, I guess it kind of speaks for itself. Uh, Tim Pool is one of the founders of Vice Media. Am I right about that? Uh, I know Gavin McGinnis, I think, right? I know Tim Pool worked at Vice. I don't know if Gavin McGinnis was one of the not. founders of Vice. Dude, that guy's a yeah. fed. That guy is Gavin a McGinnis fed. is the founder of Vice. He's also um, the founder of the Oath Keepers. He's a Fed. He's always been a Fed. Proud He's a money grubbing, freaking lying Fed. Yeah. Gavin, proud please boys. fight me. All right. Anyway, uh, next story. El Salvador. Oh, this story has Patrick's new BFF in it. I know he is my new BFF. He retweeted me. El Salvador's <laughs> Bukele slams Soros at CPAC. El Salvador's president, Nayib Bukele, blasted George Soros, globalism, and the American financial system. In a fiery address at the Conservative Political Action Conference, CPAC, Bukele, who won re-election by a staggering 84% of the vote, said of globalism, it's already dead, adding that in America, dark forces are taking over your country. He said that the reason El Salvador ended up becoming the murder capital of the world was that the people were not equipped to understand just how radically their society was changing because it happened over a period of decades, one increment at a time. Bukele likened this to boiling a frog, saying that if you keep turning up the heat and slowly boil the frog, frog, it won't realize what is happening until it's too late. The Latin American president urged Americans not to despair, however, as you can still jump before the water boils. Bukele later explained that in El Salvador, a 12-year-long communist-inspired civil war broke out and that he can, quote, clearly see the signs of a declining country when he looks at America. They were setting the gang members free, he said, of his home country, adding that in order to clean up El Salvador, he had to remove corrupt judges, corrupt attorneys, and corrupt prosecutors. Zero hedge. What I wanted to know, and this is what got retweeted, I said, how did Nayib Bukele annihilate the gang the gangs that had taken over his country without those gangs taking him out first mm -hmm. asking for literally the entire world and he retweeted that uh that and i still want to know though because seriously what, what do you do you you just you go you have to gun guns blazing arrest and hang everybody pretty much all at once yeah i want bukele to uh adopt me um right. so i just have to address uh ec was here he is saying that Tim Pool found advice that is false. 
Uh, and page one, Google, the vice media founders were Shane Smith, Gavin McInnes, and Sarush Alvi. Tim Pool did work there, but he was not a founder. Okay. Gavin McInnes is a freaking fraud. I just want to- Yeah, we did that, that guy- already. We got to move on so we can watch Tucker narrating right, Lord of the Rings. All right. Next story. Uh, oh, yeah. High altitude balloon intercepted by U.S. fighters over Utah. A likely hobby balloon. NORAD. A balloon intercepted by fighter aircraft over Utah on Friday was a, quote, likely hobby balloon and has since left United States airspace. airspace. The North American Aerospace Defense Command, NORAD, said Saturday. The small balloon was allowed to continue to fly above the U.S. after being intercepted Friday morning at an altitude of 43,000 to 45,000 feet because it had been determined not to pose national security threat, NORAD said, after yesterday's fighter intercepts and in coordination with the Federal Aviation Administration, the North American Aerospace Defense Command monitored the likely hobby balloon via ground radars until it left U.S. airspace overnight, NORAD said in a statement on Saturday. NORAD said it has no additional information on the balloon, ABC News. Long story short, satellites are balloons. When they get spotted, just realize it's a satellite. They are high-altitude balloons that carry all sorts of sensitive surveillance equipment on them, etc., all right. Mm-hmm. Are we getting to this intuitive machines horseshit? Okay, let's just do it. So exciting. Oy All right. Intuitive machines. Odysseus Moonlander, quote, tipped over on touchdown. The Odysseus Moonlander is likely lying on its side with its head resting against a rock. The U.S. spacecraft, which made history on Thursday by becoming the first ever privately built and operated robot to complete a soft lunar touchdown, is otherwise in good condition. Its owner, Texan firm Intuitive Machines, says Odysseus has plenty of power and is communicating with Earth. Controllers are trying to retrieve pictures from the robot. Steve Altimus, the CEO and co-founder of IM Intuitive Machines, said it wasn't totally clear what had happened, but the data suggested the robot caught a foot on the surface and then fell because it had some lateral motion at the moment of landing. Another possibility is that Odysseus broke a leg as it came down. Break a leg, it's theater. (laughs) Certainly, inertial measurement sensors indicate the body of the vehicle to be in a horizontal pose. BBC News. Um, quickly, before we get into this, because I'm very excited to talk about the story, but I have to correct the record. It was not EC was here that said it was Tim Pool. It was MedBeds. And so I apologize. It was not EC that was wrong. It was MedBeds that was wrong. You know, here's the thing, guys. Uh, <clears throat> you can't land your robot on the moon. The break of the moon though. is not a frigging rock floating in a vacuum. Therefore, we know beyond all doubt that this story is entirely made up and intuitive machines is a scam. And what they do is they get you to buy their stock. They cash the, they cash out and then they tell you their robot tipped over and then the stock goes to zero. It's and called the a camera didn't, scam. The, the camera didn't go off either. The, the camera accidentally didn't record at landing. We, we accidentally have exactly zero evidence of this ever <laughs> happening at all. We're not even going to bother to make up videos because you autists are just going to prove they're fakes. All right, Hey, next. listen. Hey, listen. We yeah. used to have the technology to go to the moon, but I we go, destroyed I it. Back, I, I go back to the moon in a nanosecond. Yeah. We, we, we don't but, have the technology to do that anymore. We used really to. Do. Really hard to build that technology, and it's a painful process to build it up again. All right. 
Anyway, um, they, hire, well, they hire only retards to be astronauts, and they always ever have, except for well, they're super inbred because all those bloodlines do all that interbreeding, and then those I are the, that's the the gene pool they have to pick from for their astronauts. Mm-hmm. Um, but excellent point on break a leg. Like mm-hmm. I yeah. did, I, I I saw the the leg snapped off, and my immediate thing was, oh my gosh, that meth head, you know, his tree, this tree fort was not as as strong as the last one, but holy cow, break a leg. Like mm-hmm. it is oh, yeah. watching a freaking movie. Yep. 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 All right. AT&T reveals cause of major outage, not caused by cyber attack. AT&T said Friday that the 12 hour long outage in its U.S. cell phone network Thursday didn't appear to be caused by a cyber attack, blaming it on an incorrect process. On Thursday, numerous customers reported that AT&T and Cricket, its subsidiary, were down for hours. Some 75,000 customers reported to downdetector.com that they were without cell phone service, texting or Internet access across the country, although that number is likely quite higher. Based on our initial review, we believe that today's outage was caused by the application and execution of an incorrect process used as we were expanding our network, not a cyber attack, AT&T said in a statement Friday. The company did not reveal the exact cause of the service disruption. The firm said Thursday that the disruption was fixed. Amid the outage, iPhone users with AT&T saw an SOS message and were told they could only make emergency or Wi-Fi calls. Android users saw a similar message that they could only make emergency calls, but some local police and sheriff's departments wrote on social media that some AT&T users were not able to make 911 calls, while some law enforcement officials who were AT&T customers too couldn't use their devices. The Epic Times. So I'm just going to say it's pretty clear that there's an official story, no cyber attack, it's an incorrect process. There's the alternative story, it was a cyber attack by Machina, Marussia, Ma- Iran, Iran, Iran was the first one. They said at 4 a.m. I, so I, I saw a message. And here's the real answer. It's some third explanation that's probably far more sinister, and uh, we don't know what it is. And it definitely involves the CIA. It it might. You know, who knows? I'd like to get to our final amazing super-duper sponsor, and that would be, well, me, Angel Paste, guys. Angel Paste, that's right. Attention, all proud patriots of the USA. Are you ready to elevate your skincare routine to new heights of natural luxury? Introducing our premium sweet orange infused angel paste, meticulously crafted with only the finest food grade plant oils for your indulgence. Picture this, the vibrant scent of ripe oranges invigorating your senses with every application while nutrient rich oils deeply nourish and hydrate your skin. But what sets this version of angel paste apart? Our secret weapon. Sweet orange essential oil loaded with vitamin C, a powerful detoxifier known to revitalize and brighten your skin. Made with love and dedication in Spring, Texas, Angel Paste embodies the essence of American quality and purity. It's not just about the luxurious experience. It's about embracing the spirit of wellness and natural living. With each pump, you're not just treating your skin. You're making a statement, a statement of allegiance to the land of the free and the home of the brave. Angel Paste embodies the values of freedom, purity, and excellence that define the American spirit. Join the ranks of those who demand the best for their skin and their country. Elevate your skincare routine with our sweet orange essential oil infused angel paste where natural ingredients meet American pride because in America we believe in nothing less than the best. Go to badlandsmedia.tv angelpaste and don't forget to use promo code BADLANDS 
to pry a dollar from my grasping hands. That's badlandsmedia.tv slash angelpaste, promo code BADLANDS. Your skin will drink it up. Yeah, it really will. Your skin really will drink it up. I texted you over the weekend. My um, my oldest son, I was uh, watching something, not paying attention to whatever. My son walks in and I, I, I talk to my kids every day, but my oldest is, he's 19, he's almost 20. He's, you know, got a whole life. He's got a full-time job. He's got a girlfriend. He's not, he's not around all that much. He walks in and he walks up to me with the bottle of angel piece. He goes, where do you get this? As if he doesn't know. Where do you get this? He said, this is the only thing that has ever worked on my acne. And he actually uses it to, you know, oils, draw stuff out of your skin. It's helped his, um, his acne. It's helped my husband's psoriasis. I talk about how I use angel paste on pretty much everything. So it really is. Uh, I'm excited for sweet orange. Um, and you know, we all, we all love it when new flavors are announced. It's very exciting, Absolutely. but yeah. angel paste, just the, the angel paste base is, uh, is phenomenal, phenomenal stuff. Absolutely. Thank you, everybody. Uh, don't forget to smash that like. Uh, and now I think it's time for Tucker Carlson to read Lord of the oh, Rings. So exciting. I'm so excited right now for you to see this. Okay. A minute Good evening and welcome to Tucker Carlson Tonight, Middle Earth Edition. Now, as any honest and decent person knows, Sauron is not a figure to be taken unconcernedly. <laughs> this wasn't up for debate even a few years ago, but all of a sudden, You've got militarized Nazgul patrolling the Shire and threatening the ability of its citizens to travel freely. So why are some of Middle-earth's residents, namely Saruman the White, signing off on it? What's really going on here? Four unassuming hobbits, not warriors, not politicians, are embarking on a journey that would daunt even the most seasoned adventurers. Why? Because when the fabric of freedom is threatened, it's the duty of every citizen to stand up to tyranny. Period. When did we forget how to say, well, actually, no, you can't just enslave the whole world. Sorry, that's not how things work. And let's be clear, these hobbits aren't delusional. They don't believe they can defeat such darkness on their own. But we all get the sense that they understand that standing up to evil, no matter how insurmountable it seems, is what separates the moral from the cowardly. Anyone with a pulse and two brain cells can't help but feel inspired by a story like this. Courage isn't just a word. It's the pillar on which every civilization worth remembering is built upon. The moment we forget that is the moment that evil wins. That was awesome, so wonderful. Right? Yeah, I got a little bit emotional. Yeah. Oh, gosh, guys, if you haven't uh, read the Lord of the Rings trilogy, then you need to, or at least watch the movies. The extended edition. I'm going to go watch it right now. No, I don't have time, yeah. but I will. I, I'm going to force my poor wife to watch it again. <laughs> I did. I pasted that in the Badlands chat. I said, at the risk of launching another three-day fandom fantasy fandom exchange... <laughs> I'm going to share this because every time the Lord of the Rings is mentioned, it's usually like three days until we can regain the chat to talk about business. Oh, so true. We are such freaking dorks. Check out my, my wedding ring. That's how big of a dork I am. It has the Mordor script written on it. Anyway, guys. <laughs> so, folks are asking where to find it in the chat. I'm going to drop it in the chat right now. 
Thanks everybody for watching. Uh, who's who's on Badlands Daily today? It's a uh, ghost. Today's ghost there we day. Go. CanCon and Ghost. Don't forget to smash that thumbs up. Don't forget to go to badlandsmedia.tv slash boost. Go to the Badlands store. And this has been The Brief. We do this show every Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Central, followed, of course, by Badlands Daily, starring this time Ghost of Base Patrick Henry and the Cannabis Conservative. Oh, is family. Rose still in stock? Bama bitch yeah, is asking yeah, we, if there's uh, still yeah. Rose. You need to go to badlandsmedia.tv slash angelpaste. And you can still buy Rose. We still have some in stock. Uh, and the Sweet Orange is currently pre-order. Uh, we expect to sell out of it before it goes out of pre-order. So uh, get it today and uh, your skin will drink it up, of course. All right, guys. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you for being here. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us. And don't forget to hit the thumbs up on this video. And a special thank you to all of our advertising partners. Please remember to shift your dollars to support those businesses that support Badlands Media.